0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers draw in Warsaw but face a stadium closure for the return leg after sectarian singing Celtic are in the driving seat against AIK after a 2-0 win in Glasgow and Friday night football in the Championship sees Morton welcome Partick Thistle I'm Gordon Duncan joining me tonight is St Mirren captain Stephen McGinn and Fraser Wishart and just as we thought Gordon you get up in the morning and you're going to be talking about the football another off the field story comes to light but uh, two terrific results for our teams last night it's still in the back I think both get both games But uh, hopefully both will get through And of course I'm sure we'll get a call or two About UEFA ruling that A group of Rangers supporters Were guilty of Racist behaviour You know So a strong statement by, by Rangers They've come out very quickly And condemned it So so I think fair play to, to the club But uh, once again We might be talking about The off the field stuff Rather than on the field But t- two great results last night and two of our teams are on the verge of getting into the Europa League, which is fantastic. And Stephen McGinn, next up for you is Rangers, of course. St Mirren taking on Rangers on Sunday. Plenty to look forward to on the field this weekend, not just in that game, but across the divisions as well. Yeah, it doesn't get any easier for us. You know, we've had a pretty tricky start, but it's another game that we're really looking forward to. Should be a good crowd in and against the team going really well at the moment, so we're really looking forward to it. And when you're the injured captain and you're sitting back and watching the team performing well, how's that feel? Yeah, and you're, you're going to get back in? Yeah, well, I've tried my best in training. But, but, um, no, I was delighted to watch it because um, at times last season we probably didn't have the squad strength, so any injuries was kind of crippling us. So uh, the managers brought in uh, some really good players and it's maybe not as missed as what could have been last year. Yeah, but he handled that well, Fraser. He could easily have said, they're all duds and they need me back in regardless. Well, I've seen him playing, so he can't lie. Yeah. Be Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Flynn and, and Sam Foley, outstanding so far this season. So it'll be difficult for Stephen to get back in immediately, but uh, good to see him fit again. Well, that's what's next up for Rangers on Sunday. Let's start by looking back on last night. If you want to get in touch, the number you need is 0141-951-1025. And if you would rather tweet, then you will find us at Clyde SSB. Uh, Fraser... Massive stories on the pitch and then sort of off as well coming out of of last night. Well, I suppose over over the course of the European games, first answer give us about the the football, the two results. What did you make of them? Oh, terrific, both of them. I, I really was a wee bit concerned about Celtic at home to to Ike uh, from Stockholm. But they, they had a tough week, you know, and it takes a long time to go over the, the Kluge defeat. That's a hammer blow for the for the players as well as for everybody else but uh, that, that was a good result you know winning a couple of goals at home and not conceding an away goal I think uh, I think was, was, was terrific and the same with, with Rangers we know how good Legia Borsa are as a team and to go away and I didn't see the game but by all accounts play well had a, I think Anfredo Morelos had, had a really good chance as well but from a Rangers perspective as well the much criticised defence a, a, a clean sheet but the, I still think there's a bit of work to be done for both of them Particularly obviously the Rangers have got to go and win the game But for Celtic as well If they lose an early goal away from home Then it could be challenging for them But I'm pretty confident both will get through And we'll be seeing a, a lot of European mm. football For the next few months in Scotland Now the big breaking news today Fraser Is UEFA's ordered Rangers to close a section of Ibrox After ruling supporters were guilty of sectarian singing uh, During the first round qualifier Against St Joseph's Now in UEFA language They've been sanctioned for Racist behaviour of fans They now have to close a section Of the stadium Holding at least 3,000 seats For the Ligia Warsaw game Next Thursday Rangers also have to display A banner with the wording Equal game In the section uh, That will be closed Uh, I'll read through 
a statement from Rangers or I'll certainly paraphrase uh, bits of it and, and try and get through it as quickly as possible Rangers statement says our supporters have been asked repeatedly by the club to refrain from indulging in this and other forms of unacceptable behaviour sadly the warnings have fallen on deaf ears and the actions of this minority will cause the club and the majority of good and decent Rangers supporters to pay a heavy penalty uh, it goes on to say if any individual supporter is unable to behave in a civilised manner please stay away from Ibrox and our club you're harming Rangers this is something a genuine supporter would never wish to do Dave King adds uh, Rangers is a club open to all we'll continue to convey this message at every opportunity through our Everyone Anyone initiative uh, he says if any supporter can't accept that Rangers is not the club for them what do you make of this breaking news in the last few hours? Well, I think uh, it's clearly disappointing that uh, UEFA have had to take action against a section of Rangers supporters and the club have been punished. But uh, that's a strongly worded statement, Gordon. And I think one of the key parts that came out of there is deaf ears. And the Rangers supporters have to, who want to indulge in this type of behaviour, have to learn and learn quickly and listen because they may think it's okay to, to, to sing songs and, and, and chant like they do, but it's not. And this is a big, big step. I'd, I hadn't heard anything about this coming. It was a complete shock. But to, to go straight away to closing 3,000 seats and, uh, you know, I think, I think pretty much a sellout as well. So Rangers going to have to maybe refund people and disappoint people who have done nothing, done absolutely nothing. Majority of these people who missed the game now as well. So it's a, it's a strong message and uh, the Rangers supporters have to, have to they have to think about what they're doing because it's damaging their club and the club's reputation. And we've seen many times over the years, the way UEFA handle disciplinary issues is very different from the way we handle them in this country. They have strict liability um, on fan disorder. So, you know, well, as, as the name suggests, strict liability. There, yeah. there are no ifs, no buts, no maybes. If the, if the rules are broken... They punish you So there actually yeah. There is no real debate here About whether you think Certain things are okay to say or not UEFA don't That's the bottom line And now Rangers pay the price Yeah And, and it's actually against the law To make racist or sectarian chants or, or, or comments to somebody in Scotland as well So it's breaking the law But uh, you know UEFA take a hard line And I know from colleagues of mine Who, who work for player unions in, in Eastern Europe of, of the problems they have in their countries They've gone through civil wars And there's countries been split On a, on a kind of religious basis as well and so they have sectarian problems and you have to just look at it purely from a point of view of they, they want to maintain the image of their competitions. They know they've got sponsors, they've got television companies who perhaps would don't want to be, don't want to be associated with, with a game that has this type of reputation. And uh, they know that if they take action, then the sponsors will be, will be happier. But if they stood back and did nothing, then, then, then I think they would have problems with these TV companies and with, with sponsors. And of course, Scotland, we're looking for a new sponsor for our league. Ladbrokes have, have pulled out as well. So this doesn't help. It really doesn't help. And I think, as I said there, the key is deaf ears. Those Rangers supporters that want to chant like that, they can't have deaf ears. Whether they think it's right or wrong or they're, they're entitled to do it, it doesn't matter. It's going to get the club in trouble. Uh, well, Stephen Gerrard's pleading with the Rangers support to behave after today's news. He also says it's disappointing that innocent supporters will be punished for the actions of others. It's disappointing when I think about it that the effect that's going to have on innocent fans who go to the game and behave properly and they're going to miss out on the chance of watching the second leg, which is all set up for uh, an incredible match. So I'm disappointed over it. But the club have made a statement on it now. And uh, as I say, I, I back the words that have been stated. We've been here before and I hope it's the last time we have to deal with questions in terms of fan behaviour you know we want our fans to go to the game enjoy it behave in the right way and get behind the team that's what being a fan is all about we want our supporters to go to the game and get behind the team we've got one of the best fan bases in the world um, they follow us in large numbers home and away and they've got a reputation for being the best supporters in the world so I think when you hear stuff like this it damages the, the fans reputation of having the best fans in the world 
all I can do is echo what's being said in the statement and ask fans and plead with fans to behave in the right manner when they come and support the team. Well, the club are working extremely hard. We all are, uh, players, staff, um, and everyone around the club. I think it was a, a really strong message in the campaign. So to have something so soon is, is frustrating and disappointing. Chris is in Dumbarton. He's on 0141 What's your take on today's news, Chris? Uh, hi, panel. Um, obviously, massively uh, disappointed. Um, obviously, not knowing the specifics of what's been alleged to have been chanted or sang, I can't comment either way on whether we're guilty or not, so I'm not the, here to defend or condemn Rangers in that respect. What my disappointing, the most disappointing aspect for me is the, the time at which UEFA have now announced this. Um, that match took place over four weeks ago. Uh, in between times, we've had five European games were played. Um, we're now in the situation where having had the majority of tickets sold for the game um, next Thursday, fans are potentially going to have to have their tickets refunded because they won't be able to go to the game. Rather than knowing in advance they won't be able to get a ticket, they could have made plans, they could have got time off work, taken holidays, whatever, um, to accommodate that. Um, so had we acted sooner, we could have been in a position where fans knew they weren't going to be able to go, or they could have imposed this uh, sanction on our next home European game before we put them on sale. Uh, so that's one of the most disappointing aspects for me. Uh, Fraser, I think it's okay that we admit we don't know the absolute minute detail of the inner workings of the judicial procedure at, at UEFA, but maybe similar to, to what we have, certain issues will be fast-tracked, certain won't. And as disappointing as it is for those fans, UEFA's primary concern, I would imagine, is to just uphold the rules rather than to to have the concerns that Chris is sharing. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Chris's uh, concerns, but UEFA have got to do things properly, and I'm sure they've followed a, a process. There'll be time limits within that process, and if they'd done it, it'll come up to the decision the next day or a couple of days afterwards. People would say they dived in. Yeah, yeah, dived in and, and hadn't gone through a due process. So he's right in the sense the timing isn't great, uh, and it is going to cause problems, because I don't know which part of the ground is going to be closed. But that, whatever that is, people will have season tickets. They will have, uh, you know, bought tickets for this game, uh, and then he says make, made arrangements. But you know, the, in the end, you know, it's UEFA decision, and they've made that decision, and it's a big decision. You know, to, to close part of the ground means that whatever the Rangers were charged with was pretty serious as well. So, not ideal, and it's going to cause the club problems. It's going to hit them financially. They're going to have to refund tickets as well. It's going to be a hell of a job administratively for Rangers between now, now and uh, now and next week. But but it is what it is. Uh, Chris, how do you think all this stuff reflects on the club? Um, it's obviously not great, but as I said at the start there, um, I, I don't know the, the full ins and outs, so I, I can't comment on what's alleged to have been sang. I was at the game, um, but I can't remember anything in particular that would have stood out. Um, I think what, what seems clear from the Rangers statement appears that they, they seem to be pointing the finger at the, the Union Bears, saying they know which, or believe which group uh, is responsible for it. Um, whether that's true or not, what I think is going to be it, have a massive impact on us is the atmosphere at Ibrooks. Um, Ibrooks will struggle without the Union Bears there if they then don't attend or they're kind of forced out for it, a period of time or whatever happens. Um, another thing I think is unfair is that, you know you're going to get the Moral High Ground Brigade coming on in force. I'd imagine you know saying it's a disgrace to the club and you know while I don't con- condone the songs. Um, Whenever the Union Bears start chants, you'll be pushed to find someone in iBooks that doesn't sing along with them. So I feel it's potentially they're going to be made a scapegoat for this. Well, to be fair, Rangers quite clear in their statement um, in terms of what they actually say. Chris is sort of reading between the lines, but there's no confirmation at the moment of which uh, part of the ground will be closed. But we'll watch that one with interest. Just while you're on, Chris, what did you make of the football side of it last night? 
Yeah, the, from a football point of view, I thought we had a, a, a decent performance last night. Um, I thought we, we worked hard, we were well organised. Um, obviously, Legia came into the game strong in the, the second half, kind of obviously kind of pushing for the goal a bit. Um, for me, it's obviously I'd, I'd rather, if anything, be to come away with a score draw because I think going back at 0-0, it used to be that be considered a great result away from home, but now you've just got that worry um, that if Legia score an away goal, you start to see the pressure, and if they score first, um, it would really be a test down there. So, yeah, decent performance last night, but just disappointed we didn't manage to get a goal and either a one-goal leader, a score draw back to Ibrox for next week. Stephen McGinn, you will play Rangers at the weekend before they take on Liga Warsaw on the second leg. How, how is that set up? Because obviously on one hand, going away and, and not losing the game is is a good thing, but then it's still, it's still very much in the balance as well, isn't it? Yeah, um, first of all, as on Sunday, we're expecting a few changes. Um, one thing Rangers have did in the summer is um, almost strengthened to a point they've got a like for like in each position and um, so maybe we played Aberdeen a couple of weeks ago and you're hoping to have a bit of a hangover from, from the European game um, which I don't think Rangers should have that problem on Sunday um, for the home game against Legia I mean um, you'd like to think you fancy Celtic Rangers against teams of that ilk um, in front of a big home support so um, it'd be nice for Scottish football for to get both of them in um, and, I, and I fancy both of them You've been impressed with the way Rangers have been negotiating these qualifiers so far? Yeah, no, they were excellent in them last year as well. Um, I watched them uh, game in Denmark away from home and um, they were really dangerous in the break and um, it's something we've been preparing for on Sunday and um, we know Rangers will have a lot of the ball but the, the times that we do have it, we know the pace and, and the threat they have in the counter-attack now. 0141 Thank you to Chris and Dumbarton. Rob is in Kilmarnock. What's on your mind tonight, Rob? Even Gordon, even Pan, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Hi, Rob. Yeah, just to um, reiterate the statement there by UEFA, as a Rangers fan, I actually accept that. Um, and I think it's it's not been um, known for a long time that that's going to be coming. And I'm kind of perplexed with your first call of Chris here. You know, I don't know what songs are being sung. It's highly audio that you know what songs are being sung at Ibrooks. Um, I'm not going to mention the songs that are there and when he says the Union Bears well, you know, when they start their chant you have a, a responsibility as a fan you either participate in that action or you don't participate in that action it's quite simple you either sing the song or you don't we're singing songs that are not football related now Rangers fans out there I'm sorry some will agree and disagree with me we're doing it we know we're doing it and then we're mumping and moaning and watching social media you know, how dare they take away the allocation well See if you break the rules, you break the rules. Now, I'm a season ticket holder. There's a good chance I'm going to be punished for something that I've not participated in with my two children. So if I've got to take that brunt and so forth, I'll take the brunt. But what's next? The good work we're doing in Europe will be a full stadium ban and it will continue. Then you'll be eliminated for Europe. So we're only harming the reputation of the club. We're only harming the good work that Steven Gerrard and the players are doing. And the need is there is the 12th person behind the players. But surely in this day and age, we can send songs that are not offensive and I'd like to point it to some of the Rangers fans that think it's funny we've got Catholic players that play for Rangers nowadays I want to know how they feel about certain songs that are getting sung because it's technically aimed at them at the same time so we're going to get another rendition where we get great players coming in but because of their religion they say well I don't want to play for a club for Glasgow Rangers because of it we need to come into the times here sing songs by all means but let's keep it above board and keep it natural let's not bring sectarianism into it and also what I put as well it's not just Rangers there's other clubs, especially Celtic, they do it as well. But Kilmarnock is another club that talk about air being referred to as black and they use the word B 
which is a very highly racist comment. Now, I know UEFA can't act on that, but if they're going to act on it all, then I want to see the Scottish football really clamp down and clamp down hard on it. Uh, Fraser, you will have been well aware the appetite for strict liability is is not there within the SPFL. No. So we no. we are governed in a different way, and that that's that's just the way it is, and it doesn't particularly look like changing anytime soon. No, I, I wouldn't see it changing. I, I don't think the clubs want it to to change, and then you'd run the risk of government and government officials getting involved in some way and putting pressure on the, on the clubs. I mean, I, I feel we we should have a form. Of strict liability And that doesn't mean You just go straight to Taking 3,000 seats out Or closing grounds Or whatever else But there's a kind of Stepped approach Where you You know It's, it's, a, it's for a series Over a, a certain period Of, of, of misbehaviours But we're, we're, we're involved We're now in the 21st century And these songs Are not acceptable And that was a terrific call By, by Rob And I, I couldn't uh, Disagree with anything That he said And he might be one of the ones That's going to get punished here For, for some people's be- behaviour Rangers have plenty of songs That support their team and they can sing them as well, and without the add-ons, which sometimes are the, are the, are the ones that, that cause them cause them issues. But uh, from a youth's point of view, youth don't. I mean, they, they've got nothing to do with with anything of of of, uh, of the size of the club or the country or whatever else. They just go in there, and if you're guilty, you're guilty, and you're punished. And we've seen it over the years banners that uh, Celtic supporters have had as well. They've been punished one time after another after another. There's there's no there's no leeway here. You know, there's absolutely no leeway. And if if it continues. And Rangers fans now High profile games The world's a smaller place These things are shown Across the world Then the UEFA will, will continue To clamp down on them And, and that's, that's the worry For Rangers I think Going forward Is, what, is what's next What's next is Fraser Wisher Rob what, what is next is, is this going to be enough To stop it Is it going to stop it In its tracks Is it going to see A significant reduction In this type of behaviour Or will it continue As before Truthfully I still think there's a certain minority of alleged, and I'm going to use the word alleged fans out there, they jump in the bandwagon, they think it's acceptable to sing these songs. They're not interested. And they probably aren't the season ticket holders. But I, I, what I will say on record is, I see other fans, and they do challenge it in the stadium. What's disappointing is that the stewards and police Scotland fail to act on it, because maybe there's not enough police that's going on. I'd happily, you know, I've, I've challenged it before, especially with my sons. There's, there's certain things I don't mind getting football um, songs getting sung at a ground, and you accept it, you know, Profanities are going to be used But it's really derogatory comments And I've challenged it And I was told in no circumstances Where I could go Well That's fine If that's what you do But I want to see Dave King Especially for the away support These are fans that nobody really sees At Ibrox And you've seen that At the Commander game These alleged fans now Fans have jumped in the park In all areas of, of Scottish football We've got all the cameras there Surely we can track them down And charge them Now you need to get these individuals And if you need to be right You're in court on the Monday morning You're getting done for a ratio Or a sectarian song they're going to get a couple of um, fines and through, they'll get a custodial sentence through time. This is the only way we're going to clamp it down throughout Scottish football. And I'm just not targeting one fans at Rangers. I hear it across the board of Scottish football. And Fraser's right. We are governed in a separate entity. But we need to do something because all the good work Stephen Gerrard's doing in the park, the game last night, we had a really good performance. What's going to happen? Right, you, you finished runners-up or you, you're in the Champions League next season, but because of your fans' behaviour, you're being expelled for the competition. The financial implications in Scottish football and in the individual club, but there'll be a small minority of fans who are probably laughing at me, at the Rangers fan on here going, oh, you know, a true fan. I'm a true fan, because a true fan can go, sing songs, leave at 4.45 in the afternoon, don't get into any trouble and go back home. But these, these fans need to be found out, shopped into the police and something done about it, because I'm angry now. Because I, I, I really am getting angry about it Okay thank you very much That was Rob in Kilmarnock 0141-951-1025 A big game at Celtic Park last night Celtic against the IK Celtic fans what did you make of the performance We'll hear from Neil Lennon after the travel with Amber 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. It's Fraser Wishart and Stephen McGinn here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Looking back on a busy night for our clubs in Europe last night, and of course, looking ahead to a busy weekend of Scottish football as well. Let's turn our attentions to the Celtic game, beating AIK 2 0. In Glasgow uh, We'll get the thoughts of Neil Lennon He says he's delighted with the way the players bounced back To edge them closer to the group stages It was James Forrest and Odson Edward on the night 2-0 in the first leg And the Celtic boss says they were a joy to watch It's an outstanding performance You know, great team performance And um, I thought we played particularly well first half But I thought second half we had real good control of the game And um, you know, we could have scored more So I've got to be delighted with that And um, you know, it was all around, everyone was in good, good nick. Some of the football we played was great and you know, we scored some fabulous goals. Obviously, we've got a big game at the weekend and then we'll approach AIK the second leg as professionally as we, we always do and make sure that you know we can get the job done properly and um, look forward to the group stages. But we still have a very important 90 minutes ahead of us and we can't take anything for granted. You know, we defended resolutely when we needed to. Two centre-halves are very strong and, you know, Bali played particularly well Chris Ayers having an outstanding time of it as well so you know we were big and physical when we needed to be and um, let the you know the rest of them get on with it Stephen McGinn what did you make of Celtic's performance last night? Yeah I thought they were excellent um, probably the hangover of the Cluj that, last night's performance is what I expected from Celtic at the weekend against Infelman the hangover probably carried into that and last night it looked as if they just stripped it back to basics and they were played in the front foot they were after them every time AIK got the ball. There was a Celtic, the closest Celtic player was running full full pace at them, and some some of Celtic's attacking play was a real joy at times. And I actually felt sorry for some of the Swedish boys at times because I've been there when Celtic are <laughs> playing like that. I mean, Fraser, the result in itself is obviously an impressive one, but to come on the back of a really negative week, I know we, I know we, we we get very high and we get very low in this part of the world, depending on the way the results go. But a very negative week, so to then do that on the back of it would be doubly pleasing for Neil Lennon. Yeah, and you're right. You know, sometimes we can all be a bit down in our teams, but the clue result was poor. You know, and, and I don't think they were a better team than AK, uh, AK, I think AK Stockholm. So it's just a shame that Celtic couldn't produce that that type of performance the week before, you know, and, and end up in the in the in the Europa League rather than the Champions League. But no, it's a terrific, terrific result for, for Celtic. I, I didn't see if it's from Stephen's comments there and maybe thinking that uh, it could have been more. So they should go through. I think they should go through as well. You always fancy Celtic to nick an away goal at least, and that would mean that uh, that AK would have to score four. So Pretty confident that as long as Celtic go off to a good start, they get through. But terrific result and a terrific performance by, by all accounts. Maybe just getting them back on track in time for, for Saturday and uh, for Sunday, sorry, and also Old from game next week, of course. 0141 951 1025. Paul's and Kirk and Tillock. What did you make of it last night, Paul? Hey, hi, Gordon. Hi, Fraser. Hi, Stephen. Hello. Hi, Paul. Hi, uh, yeah, it was a, a, a real good performance. Uh, everybody got pass marks. Big Julian at the back looked as if he's starting to get a bit of fitness, never a bit of foot wrong. Uh, looked better than they did on Saturday, as if uh, he's getting up to fitness and getting up to speed. Bon uh, Gully was great. Uh, I heard some people moaning about he had a few safe passes. Every player has a few safe passes, but all in all, Mickey Johnson looked as well to be uh, maturing, learning how to kind of. I know he's quite lightweight, but he was. He was actually using the tackles to, to get in front of defenders 
and propel him on, or he was going across and getting pulled down. So totally, totally satisfied uh, with the manager uh, and with with the result. With the result. I mean, you look at the goal scorers last night. Stephen, for all the question marks that were going down last week about certain players in, in defence, I don't think anyone could question the contribution of the likes of James Forrest and Odson Edward at the moment. Yeah, and um, Odson Edwards especially playing um, really well at the, t- at the moment. And when you're looking at him now and the potential and the age he is, he's making that nine million seem like a bit of a bargain. Mm-hmm. And uh, his free kick, his free kick was something. I think he scored one against Motherwell last year. And, not sure he gets on them if Lee Griffiths is on the park, but um, real special goal it was. Uh, yeah, Paul, James Forrest, the other one, is that five and five for him? He just continues to pop up with these very important goals for Celtic. Neil Lennon speaking about him, about how you know, he's, he's a bit understated, he's a bit quiet, he doesn't do the whole social media thing, he just goes about his business. But he continues to deliver in the last 18 months or so, Paul. Well, he's... I think it would be... Taking into consideration last season as well, I think is it, it's a lot more than five goals that he scored. He broke a record, I'm sure. No, a five in five. Sorry, I think it's five games in a row. Yeah, uh, he's he's got a different style. I mean, uh, he seems to draw defence. He's just getting better and better. I mean, his goal scoring is unbelievable. That was the that was the thing that was maybe lacking as a younger guy, but he stayed there. He's uh, and I think he takes advice well. You know, I've heard him talking to other pros, but. Uh, He's done it, and he's done it in the Champions League. He's done it. He's doing it now, and he's just—I don't know how you could put a price on him when you, you consider some of the money that some of the players have went through. But he's—he's he's, he's added goals over the last couple of seasons, and he's absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean Fraser—he goes into this seasoning as the reigning player of the year in Scotland. It's a long old way before we find out if he, he goes anywhere near repeating that. But you know. To, to score vital goals like that in Europe Against Unfermline in the Betfred Cup He was the one that probably scored the crucial goal To turn things around against Motherwell yeah. um, and, and various others already this season He's making quite a contribution Yeah and as you said vital goals I think that's the, the, the difference Is that James Forrest seems to be In the last 18 months he scores big goals that matter It's not just a case of rattling in a hat-trick In a 6-0 victory Whatever else he gets He gets important goals Winners, guys, goals that turn games as well and um, you know he's, he's he must be a nightmare to play against because he's he's very very quick. But he started to come inside all the time. He's not all the time, but a lot more. And looking for goals and to, his goal scoring record's terrific. But he's a type of lad who just gets on with his game. Just gets on with his game. Good pro. He'll never be a problem for a manager. He'll never go and do anything daft. He doesn't. He doesn't do social media. Keeps a low profile. He doesn't seek the limelight. He just wants to play football. And he wants to play football for Celtic. And it's looking like he could end up staying his whole career at Celtic. And if he does that, then he'll, he'll be probably the most decorated footballer in, in, in Scottish football history. You know, he's he's a, he's a fantastic player. And I think only now. Is getting the credit he's, he's deserved for quite some time uh, Paul how does this set you up f- For the second leg It's obviously a, a Comfortable-ish lead Is there still a bit of trepidation there Or confident you can get over the line Yeah well, it was, uh, we could have done with another goal I think there was always a bit of, kind of trepidation I'm, I'm confident if uh, If we play If we do try to Keep it simple and don't chase the game I think I mean uh, We suffer from Last night when I was at the game uh, Craig Gordon holds a ball for more than thirty seconds, or he's try. He just takes his time. Everybody is the typical Scottish thing. Get it up the park. I mean, it's, it's panic stuff, you know. We'll never improve in Europe if we don't take our time. When you, you play against these European teams, the the kind of clubs that you call lesser clubs, they kill the game with things like that. And it, we don't do it. We don't seem to do it. We just seem to go back to the 
hurry up, get it up the park, and everybody's you know sheer panic. But I think I think we're more than capable. I think uh, Stockholm were a, a better team defensively than Cluj were. I'm not so sure about going forward. I thought Cluj were very strong and physical, uh, and I think all uh, Stockholm's energies were put into keeping keeping the ball out of the net. To be honest, as opposed to scoring. Yeah, Stephen, Stockholm's AIK's game plan did seem to be to try and frustrate Celtic in defence. So when you do that and you still concede two, it kind of goes out the window. You wonder what they will do or how they will try and threaten in the next game. Yeah, their body language wasn't great when they went, went off. Seb Larson didn't look pretty pleased at all at the end. But see, this, but then I know what the caller's saying, but the intensity of the crowd and the players and the way Celtic played last night it killed AIK. And some of the big. European results Scottish teams have had over the years has been that intensity from the crowd and the and the forward on on the front foot because there's been times when we've played like AIK at home Celtic and Rangers and you end up losing you think I wish we just had a go and um, that's that's what I felt watching the game last night although AIK came with a game plan to sit in I don't think Celtic let them out. Uh, Fraser Forster took to the pitch at half time after completing his return on loan. The manager's delighted to have him back. We were a goalkeeper down, and the opportunity came about to to get Fraser back. And you know, I'm delighted that we've acquired his services. He's an outstanding goalkeeper, so I've got three outstanding goalkeepers now, and it's a department that is very important. He's you know missed out on a little bit of football the last maybe year or so, but we know. We know of his talent. He had an outstanding time of it here. You know, he's a Premier League goalkeeper. Um, he's he's itching to play. He gives you a presence in the goals that you know is unique. Great presence. So, you know, I'm delighted. Uh, he was outstanding for me the first time, and I hope he replicates that the second time. Well, we'll hear from the man himself after seven o'clock, and we'll take a closer look at Celtic's goalkeeping situation. But let's stay on last night's game uh, and get the thoughts of Ken and Canvas Lang. Hi, Ken. How you doing, Gordon? Hi, Alec. Hi, Fraser. Hi, Ken. Um, I know it was on last night because of that. I thought I had to phone up the rights as I had a goat ball and got it last night. You want to eat humble compared pie? To, <laughs> compared to the last couple of games, you had a good game last night. I don't I agree with, with the previous caller that they all got pass marks. I don't think anyone had a bad game. And Ball and Golly has had a good game. Julian, I think he showed what he's, he, he's going to be able to do for us. Um, Lennon just seemed to get the balance more right this time. You know what I mean? Not playing players out of position. Maybe, well, apart from Ayer, who was in the right back, I thought he had a good game as well. And Ryan Christie, I mean, he must have covered every play that grass that pitch last night. You know what I mean? And, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, Fraser, is it important not only at, you know for the team as a whole, but, but for these individuals who are trying to settle in? You don't get a lot of time. There's so much criticism. Neil Lennon doesn't play ball in golly last week. That causes a big stir. So he goes in and performs better last night. How important will that be for him? It'll be a big thing for him. I think everybody knows. I think Neil probably knows as well. Looking back at it, it was a mistake not to, to play ball in golly or, or to play Cal McGregor at left back because he's such a critical player in the midfield. But... Uh, we're too quick to judge players I've not seen Bollingoli play live yet and uh, So can't really judge him But give the guy a chance I mean he's come over here And uh, thrown immediately into huge games You know European ties straight away And we all know the pressure that that brings In the early part of the season for Celtic Because they want to qualify for the Champions League 
And uh, we we just judge players too too quickly uh, here sometimes. And if he's not settled in, he's made one or two mistakes and not looked the part. He's also had to move countries in a different environment. He's a different training regime. He's with different types of players moving away from home. So yeah, give the lad a chance. We can judge him maybe in six months' time or towards the end of the season and see right he's had a time to settle in. But uh, it's unfair on players when they come to here from other countries that we expect them to hit the ground. Immediately It's just It is unfair And they're huge games To start the season for Celtic Very early days of course Ken We don't really know what, What's going to happen But Do you get the feeling That could be a springboard for, for these guys To go on and cement their place In the team And continue to improve Well I think last night Was very important For both of them But because of that We need to Pull starts I think Julian though Was, uh, was a bit lucky Because he did pull One of the AIK players down And he could easily Have been harshly punished For that I, I thought yeah, I think they can they can go on now and show why why they paid so much money for them. Okay, thanks to Ken and Canvas Lang. It's 0141-951-1025 Just move straight on so we can squeeze one more in before the travel. Uh, Steve's in Renfrew. Hi, Steve. Hi guys, how you doing? Thanks for taking the call. No problem, Steve. What's on your mind? Well, as a Celtic fan, I should be talking about the Celtic game, but obviously I want to talk about the Rangers because it's news of this. <laughs> um, no, I've got to commend. Um, Rangers for the rest of the show on this everyone anyone uh, campaign and the strongly worded statement today after the news from UEFA. Mm-hmm. My question would be, and I've got to, I've got to take my hat off to the guy, the Rangers fan that came on earlier on, he was uh, brilliant. What a, what a forward-thinking gentleman he was. And we need more more people like that. And all all, uh, all clubs need more support with that. They're a bit more forward-thinking and less uh, sectarian in their outlook. We're all one people at the end of the day, all, all Scottish. So my point would be, if you're living in a situation where Rangers fans could act impeccably in Europe because they know if they don't, they're going to get more sanctions. And then on a Saturday or a Sunday, um, sing to the heavens, sing the songbook again. Now, I'm not saying that just as Rangers, but I'm not a lot of clubs as well. So I think, do you think it would be, if, if the SFA had taken a stronger stance earlier, and I'm talking years ago, and try to stamp down on silly, these silly songs that have nothing to do with football. Um, for all clubs, they maybe wouldn't have teams that have got a sex in their stand uh, being uh, closed off, because at the end of the day, we are in Europe, and we need that 12th man to help us maybe get that extra goal that's going to take us through and get Scotland's coefficient up. Yeah, I think, I mean, primarily just to correct the, the SFA part, I think the, the crowd behaviour stuff's mostly the SPFL's Remit Fraser um, But the, the point remains How how do we balance it up Because Celtic will be all aware of this In recent years as well You know banners that UEFA feel very strongly about That our domestic governing bodies Don't seem to, to feel so strongly about And we've seen that perhaps with the singing last night Does Steve have a point About the, the difference between the, the two competitions And how we manage that going forward Yeah I think that's something that's going to be raised quite a lot now With our, with our clubs and, and to be fair to the SFA and the SPFL As bodies and to Ian Maxwell and Neil Doncaster It's the clubs that make the rules And whether it's Steve's a Celtic fan Or Rob is a Rangers fan Or a Kamarnock fan, St Murn fan out there Who are complaining about it It's their clubs that make the rules And the SFA I, I know tried to get something in Stuart Reagan mm-hmm. maybe Four or five years ago And they put it to the AGM And I think four clubs out of 80 odds That includes you know some Lone league clubs and high league clubs that have voted for it, you know. So that's a strong message from the clubs to say we don't want any part. I mean, that, that's you know? not so, even close. You know, so anyone who thinks this is just around the corner because there's a, a feeling out there that clubs want it, they do not. Exactly, and fans are coming on here 
the chances are their club didn't want it and doesn't want it. So it's it's an issue that the clubs I think need to need to to look at. And we're in twenty first century, and as I said before, we're looking for sponsors for Scottish football. I think it's in a good place. You know, we're, Steve and I were talking earlier on about transfer fees and how it's far better now. Kieran going for twenty five million raises the bar for every single player, and, and our clubs are in a better position financially, etc. We should be pushing on, and things like this just mm. don't help with the image of Scottish football for sponsors. Stephen Renfrew, thanks for the call. We're already late for the travel, so we better move on, and we'll hear from Stephen Gerrard on the game after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Fraser Wishart and Stephen McGinn here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Two ways for you to get in touch. We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB and we're on the phones at 01419511025. Let's hear a bit more from Stephen Gerrard, shall we, on the football this time. He says he was delighted with the first half against Ligia Warsaw. Uh, he thinks they handled the atmosphere well and says Alfredo Morelos would normally finish the chance he got towards the end of the game. Yeah, I thought we were excellent in the first half. It's a very, very tough environment. The noise was deafening from start to finish. One of the best atmospheres I've ever been involved in, and I've been involved in football for a long time, so credit to the Legia supporters. But I asked the players to be brave and stand up and accept it and embrace it, and I thought we did uh, over the course of the evening, but we handled it a lot better than the first half. We lost our shape a little bit down the left-hand side of our team in the second half, so it was difficult to get further up the pitch, and I also thought we lacked a little bit of cutting edge at certain times. Having said that, I thought we had the chance of the game to get an important away goal. Um, normally, Alfredo, in that situation, he gobbles them up, but hopefully um, he's saving a little bit for the second leg. Rangers fans, what did you make of the performance last night? 01419511025. Uh, Fraser, the reality staring Stephen Gerrard in the face, and he knows it all too well. Um, you know, A score draw at Ibrox is enough to, to knock Rangers out, but given the way that they've performed in these qualifiers, not only this season, but last season as well, Surely he'll be more than confident that they can win that game. Yeah, we were caller on earlier saying he would, they would rather have a one each draw or a score draw. Of course you would, but a nothing each is, is a good result away from home. And it's really interesting, Stephen saying there about uh, yeah, the atmosphere. You know, it's been been so good. And Rangers fans will probably need to bring that to, to the home game as well, roar their team on, despite the fact that we're three thousand less in, in the ground. But there'll still be a, a great atmosphere around around Rangers. But the danger is that away goal. You know, if you, if you lose an away goal, especially early. I mean, I can't think of the number of times in recent years where Scottish teams have been knocked out and and away goals. So, although it'll be you know blood and thunder and the crowd will be roaring Rangers on, they've just got to be clever. They've got to be professional. Got to keep to their game plan as well when when they when they get the ball and understand that if they go gung ho, then they they might have the chance of losing that away goal. Well, when it only takes one goal, doesn't matter the first minute or last minute for Rangers to get through. But I'm pretty confident Rangers are going to get through. They're looking a good team this year. They're looking very strong. Yeah, I mean Stephen. Stephen Gerrard there talking about Alfredo Morelos missing the chance in the second half I don't think you can be too harsh on him given the, the number of goals he's scored this season and, and he seems in the type of mood at the moment where if he does miss one he'll bounce back soon and, and, and get one and make up for it Yeah he just seems like a proper striker that genuinely doesn't really care if, if he misses and if two minutes later he's got the ball in the same position he's, he's having a shot he's putting it away the same way so um, I was interested to hear him say about the first playing much better in the first half but I wonder if psychologically the players get to a stage in that environment where they just don't want to lose either. They know they've got goals in their team and they'll get that chance with Morelis and uh, I think that can sometimes contribute to maybe your manager not being quite so happy because you can, in that environment, to not lose is a brilliant result. And if he does decide to rest Alfredo Morelos, your defensive colleagues will just have to deal with Jermaine Defoe on Sunday. Is that, is that any better? Well, yes. Uh, 
as I said earlier, uh, they've got a lot of options now. Um, it's actually hard, quite hard to predict their team. Um, but yeah, they've got a lot of firepower, and um, if he fancies resting them both, then feel free. <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot of credit, Fraser, for the, for the defensive performance as well, and the, the Goldson and Katic partnership seems to be seems to be the one at the moment. Hilander came came on to the bench last night. Edinson wasn't involved. Both summer signings, but it seems to be those two guys have the jersey and maybe don't look like giving it up anytime soon. Yeah, I think Edinson was signed as a kind of as kind of backup player at the moment, but with a view to to the future, but. Um, uh, certainly Hellander's the one you'd expect to be in the team Given the, the amount of money they've, they've spent But Katic is a prime example I talked about Bongoli earlier on About people jumping to conclusions Katic is a young man He's come from another country He's come into Scotland He was up and down last year He was a bit raw A bit, a bit, a bit rash sometimes as well A bit willing and brave And goes to win things Sometimes when he shouldn't Go and win them And maybe get, gets himself injured or, or gives away daft free kicks But uh, with Hellander coming in, Mollison Katic is going to have to fight for his spot, you know, and have to fight for his, his place in the team. And he's certainly responding, he's responding well. But I think a lot of it as well in front Ryan Jack's just improving beyond beyond belief. He's, he's terrific these days. Stephen Davis just showing the absolute quality, and to have somebody with that calmness in front of you, who if you're in a bit of trouble with the ball, Stephen Davis is always there to take it and just knocks it around simply. And it doesn't look. Uh, it doesn't look difficult But it, what he does Is a difficult job To make it look so easy So th- in front of him as well I think I helped him But to the moment Katic uh, He's coming on to a game He's playing playing well Davis, Jack And Aribo Seems to be If there is a, a First choice three It seems to be that Stephen But like everyone Keeps mentioning There are players Of a similar capability Waiting in the wings So that there is that That flexibility there But is that fair to say those three seem to be the the first choice if the chips are down? Yeah, I would think I think I would think that would be a cup final midfield with with Arfield in front and um, being being so close with some of the Sunderland people who came across Charlton um, last year, they were they were really high praise for Aribo and um, he seems to have hit the ground running at Rangers and he's someone looking forward to to playing against on Sunday. Uh, let's speak to Frank and Kilmarnock. Hi, Frank. Hi, Gordon and uh, Stephen and uh, Fraser. Hello, evening, Frank. Uh, my main points going to come on is regarding the, the SFA, the Scottish Football Association. Mm-hmm. Before that, I'd like to commend the caller at the start of the programme, the Rangers family, the son, who abhors the stuff he hears um, basically week after week at Ibrox and wants no part of it. He still loves his club, fifth late him. Um, so I'd like to commend him for coming on and making that point. I'd also like to think that the, the caller at the start who says he doesn't hear things, I think he really needs to go and get himself a good syringe in the ears because the problem with the second caller who abhors this racism and bigotry is he's in a very small minority because it's quite clear when the <clears throat> when the singing starts it doesn't contain itself to a small corner of Ibrox it is the whole ground eventually starts joining in when they're in full fervour. So any 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 person connected with Rangers, this small minority we keep hearing about, is utter guff. Complete guff. So let's, this is the problem. We don't deal with reality. And until people in Ibrooks who, they talk about inclusion and all that, and they're not a racist club, and yet they spout out orange strips. Now, you don't need to be on the moon to figure out why they put orange strips on a Rangers player. So let's let's talk right down to nitty gritty here. I think it's well the nitty gritty of this issue, Frank. It's easier if we keep it specific to last night. Let's be honest, because you know in Glasgow we could argue about various strands to this until Easter Sunday, Fraser, and it doesn't really get us anywhere. What we need to do is try and figure out 
Can Rangers contain this right now? Can can this be fixed? Will UEFA's punishment will it work ultimately? Because there'll be more serious sanction down the line if this doesn't work. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, whether it's a small minority or we can argue over is it a majority, whoever it is, it's wrong and it has to has to stop. I mean, we're in the twenty first century now, and these things are just not just not ex- acceptable and. To be fair to Rangers as a football club, the steps they've taken recently, I, th- I think, have they've gone further than they have done uh, at, at any point. Everyone, anyone campaign, you know, trying to get in, get the, the supporters to to understand that they don't want people who are going to sing these songs at the club. I mean, it's strongly. I mean, if it says you read it earlier on, if any individual supporter is unable to behave in a civilized manner, then please stay away from my books and their club. And Dave King saying as well that uh, they, they, any supporter cannot accept that. Then Rangers not the club for them. So they are. Trying to, it's a very difficult issue. It's not going to change overnight, but uh, you know, go back to the start of the show. If any supporter thinks it's okay to sing sing these songs, firstly, it's not okay. But even if it was okay, it's not okay under the rules because they're going to get the club into trouble. But in Scottish football, we have to keep we have to keep bringing this to the fore. We have to keep mentioning, it, keep talking about it because any form of sectarianism and racism or discrimination of that sort is not acceptable. When we search for solutions It's always the same things That get mentioned We've already gone over Strict liability So I don't want to Go over all ground too much The SPFL Is made up of the clubs There is as it stands No appetite for us To go down that route The same way UEFA do So people might think That's wrong But it doesn't look like It's round the corner The other one would be The, the thing that Rob Brought up And then Frank Commended Rob for Was this idea of Of self-policing Does it work? Can it work? I mean Rob's Rob's saying that You know he's tried But Sometimes he's told where to go I think were his words Yeah and, and that is difficult I think for supporters to be able to, to, to do that I, I don't think there's a, a silver bullet here Gordon I don't think there's any one solution And people will tell you that um, Strict liability doesn't work Because you have a duty action like this And it still happens across across Europe And they may well have a point But, but I think sometimes when you're governing a game And you're looking after the game that we all love And cherish and, and make a living from Most of us in, 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 nowadays in here then we've got to, we've got a duty to, to look at that and look at the image of the game and keep challenging people who, who want to, to, to sing these songs. And, and that's that's part of the game here that I think we need to look at as a governing body as well. Okay, Frank, thanks for the call. I think it's time for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Five to seven, same time every night. It's your chance to play Beat the Pundit against either Fraser Wishart or Stephen McGinn. If you fancy it, give us a call right now on 01419511025. You need to be quick because you only have until the news at seven o'clock. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. Stephen McGinn and Fraser Wishart here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're into the second hour. We kicked off by looking at today's big news in that UEFA ordering Rangers to close a section of Ibrox after ruling supporters were guilty of sectarian singing uh, during the Europa League first round qualifier against St Joseph's. So a section with around 3,000 seats will be closed for the Ligia Warsaw game next Thursday. We also looked back on Celtic's victory against AIK and I want to get your thoughts on who will Celtic's number one be? Is it as simple as Fraser Foster signed and he goes straight back in? Or does Craig Gordon have the gloves to keep at the moment? You tell us after this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Yes, beat the pundit time. Who's going to finish the week on a high? Will it be the listeners or will it be Fraser or Stephen? One of them is taking on Mario from Paisley. How are you tonight, Mario? 
Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. How are you, Gordon? Hello, Stephen. Hello, Fraser. Hi, Mario. Hi, Mario. And I've just got the fear that Mario would let Stephen McGinn win because he's an, a St Mirren fan, Fraser. I don't, I don't know how that works. If I'm you want an to, St Mirren player as well. That is true. Yeah. That's, 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 a long time ago. There's a real paisley <laughs> feel about the show tonight, Mario. Would you rather take yeah. on Stephen McGinn or Fraser Wishart? Well, I think I would rather take on Stephen. I would like to ask him very quickly, Gordon. All right, I okay. How do you think they've got on in Sunday against Rangers? Well, obviously it's going to be a really tough game, but we're feeling good at the minute, and um, yeah, ready to go. Have you got that? Was a straight out the the, the captain's play, really straight down the <laughs> straight middle. Down He's not middle. giving anything <laughs> away, Mario. I'll try and squeeze a bit more out of him before we, we let him go tonight. So heads, it's Fraser. Yeah. You're playing, uh, and tails, it's Stephen, and it's heads, it's Fraser against Mario from Paisley. So let me give Fraser a bit of a Clyde two to listen to. That way he can't hear us. Uh, and we'll get your clock up and running Mario you've got 30 seconds head to head you can pass here is your chance to beat the pundit you ready? yeah good stuff ready? your time starts now which European city or Celtic's Europa League opponents AIK from? Stockholm who did Morton face tonight? Patrick Pistol Christopher Julian played with which current Celtic player in his time at Toulouse? Uh, Rocky the Rooster is the mascot of which Scottish team? Dumbarton Which Scottish League 2 side play at 4th Bank? Middlebank Pistol Who's won the Scottish Football Writers Manager of the Year award the most times? Neil Lennon Okay let's bring Fraser back Fraser can you hear us? I can yes Good same set of questions to you You ready? Yeah which European city or Celtic Europa League opponents AIK from? Stockholm Who did Morton face tonight? Uh, Falkirk uh, No, I don't know Christopher Julian <laughs> played with which current Celtic player when he was at Toulouse? Uh, Cham Rocky the Rooster is the mascot of which Scottish team? No idea Which Scottish League 2 side play at 4th Bank? Stirling Albion Who has won the Scottish Football Writers Manager of the Year award the most times? Uh, Walter Smith And which team does ex-Rangers player Barry Mackay currently play for? Swansea Okay, okay, okay Mario, what do you think? Confident? Yeah, no, Fraser's won Do you think so? Even yeah. though he didn't know who Morton were playing and tonight I Falkland, And I mentioned it that, that, yeah. that was a surprise Yeah, they're not even I, you know, I, I'll be honest I'll help you I didn't even notice how bad the mistake was I forgot they weren't in the same league yeah. uh, Well, listen It might not have been too damaging Which European city or Celtic Europa League opponents AIK from? Uh, it's Stockholm You both got it right One all Who did Morton face tonight? Mario might be a St Mirren fan But he's keeping an eye uh, on the old neighbours It is Partick Thistle They play Not Falkirk Surprisingly enough I, Fraser. I wouldn't have got it uh, two, uh, Nice to know he listens I only mentioned it In the headlines At the start of the show 2-1 uh, to Mario Christopher Julian Played with which Current Celtic player In his time at Toulouse Stephen McGinn Who do you think Edward It is Odson Edward None of you got that right uh, Rocky the Rooster Come on then Stephen McGinn If you're so smart no, nah, Airdrie It is Airdrie Onions So none of you got that right Still 2-1 uh, To Mario Fourth Bank is the home of Stirling Albion So Fraser Wisher equalises uh, Who's won the Scottish Football Writers Manager of the Year award the most times It is Walter Smith Seven times uh, Wow well. What a record uh, And which team does ex-Rangers player Barry Mackay play for It's Swansea So it was four to Fraser And two to Mario Hardlines Oh, thanks. Well done, Fraser. Uh, no problem, Mario. Look it. You got another question for your captain you before say, you go? Gordon, yeah. Can I just say good luck for St. Murray on Sunday? And I hope you do really well. I think you pushed Rangers all the way. And a bit of luck with 1 2 1.
There we go Bit of luck required That That is the reality of it isn't it Stephen We've all seen that this movie before um, When clubs of St Mirren's size Take on Rangers and Celtic You're hoping you're at your best They're hoping their level dips And maybe a bit of luck along the way Yeah and the, the fixture we had Against them in Paisley last year um, We were brilliant for the first half um, Really contained them uh, Hurt them in a counter attack And it took Daniel Candace Scoring a cross shot And <laughs> um, to, to break us down that day And um, it's something you need to do When you're playing against Celtic Rangers You have to beat your best you, you hope that they may be off it And you have to take the chances When they come That day we didn't 01419511025 That is the number you need to get in touch tonight If you would rather tweet uh, Then you can find us At Clyde SSB A question to kick us off uh, For this hour Fraser Forster Is he Celtic's number one? Does he go straight in as number one this weekend? Or does uh, Craig Gordon hang on to the gloves for now? You tell us, 01419511025. He says returning to Celtic was a no-brainer. He's joined on loan until the end of the season. Five years it is after he left for Southampton. He made only one appearance in the Premier League last season. Has some injury problems. He says he's back in Glasgow to make his mark. It's been a bit of, bit of a tough time for me, but um, you know, absolutely buzzing to be back. Uh, I feel like I've never been away. and uh, Just can't wait to get started. I just want to get playing again. You know, I want to want to play for you know this great club, and uh, I want to get back playing. And obviously, I know a lot of the people here, and um, they were all around me when you know arguably I was playing some of my best football. So um, you know, for me, I'm just I want to come up here and I'm going to work as hard as I can, and hopefully get in the team and go from there. Obviously, blessed with uh, some very good keepers. So, but to be at a club of this nature and this size, you know, you always going to have good competition and whether it's in goal or outfield um, you know the squad's blessed with a lot of ability so I'm up for the fight and um, you know I'd love to work hard and it's, it's not a problem you know I want to come back here and play and uh, ultimately that's what I'm hoping for OK a quick poll in the studio Fraser Wishart does Fraser Forster go straight in as Celtic's number one? Yes OK Steve McGinn agree? Yes definitely oh, That was simple I was hoping to get a bit of an argument breaking out but I guess not uh, but Why? <laughs> Why I, so I, sure? just, I, I just think because it's a, he's a goalkeeper I think if he's maybe a striker or a, and, he, and because they won on Thursday He maybe comes off the bench for half an hour But you, can't, you don't have that luxury uh, with your goalkeeper So with this Rangers game looming I think he plays uh, the two games up and then the lead up to it I mean there is a, a logic out there Fraser Which says he's been at Southampton He's in the English Premier League Granted not playing at the moment but he's not coming here to sit on the bench. Is, no. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, he'd had a conversation with, with Neil Lennon, and of course, Neil's not going to say, yes, you will play every week, but he, he's not going to come up as a cover player because he's a cover player at the moment at Southampton, and I don't know what happens. He's, I know he's been injured, but before that, he had a wee sticky spell as well, but for two or three years at Southampton, he was brilliant, and I think, I think it's a great signing for, for, for Celtic, but uh, he's not going to come up here to sit on the bench, nor are Celtic going to make a hefty outlay, whatever they're paying in a loan fee and whatever they're paying towards his wages as well, just to have somebody sitting in the bench or be third choice. So uh, you know, for me, I think they're bringing in Fraser Forster to play. Alec is a Celtic fan on the line. What do you think, Alec? Straight in or bide his time? Straight in. Uh, I think that when we, the last time he was here, I mean, he, he was immense. Just his stature. Uh, he, commands his, he commands his box. So I was I was very delighted over the moon when, uh, when we... When that one got out of the line yesterday Was it something you thought Celtic needed Alec? I know you're happy now that it's happened But was it something you thought Neil Lennon had to do Was address the goalkeeping situation? Well, when when Scott Bain came in uh, came in at the, the old Firm game That was his first game and he, and he looked very assured The last couple of games I don't know if it's 
maybe because you know he takes things a wee bit for granted or whatever. But he wasn't as sure as what he was, and I just think that that Fraser Foster, you know, the the, the guy for me is right in and they run up to Ibrox. You know, I mean, uh, so I was I was delighted. Stephen, um, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I feel as if there's a perception that Scott Bain was very much a Brendan Rodgers type of goalkeeper and uh, maybe not so much a Neil Lennon type of goalkeeper. Is that fair? Yeah, I think in, in Neil Lennon's first game, he, he had a bit of a high-profile error uh, playing out and he seems to have associated Scott Bain more so with the, the Brendan Rodgers type of football than, than anything else. And um, I played with Scott Bain and um, he's one of the best goalkeepers I've played with and... Um, he, he probably did have a sticky few weeks But um, at the end of the day He's, he's a Scotland goalkeeper as well So he's someone that um, Fraser Foster has been brought in at the minute I think to play But it's, uh, for, especially for the national team you, you want him to to get his form back And try and get back into the team as well Everything in this city points towards The old firm game very early Fraser We start we start the build up weeks and months in advance If Fraser, as, as Stephen McGinn was saying If Fraser Foster is going to play in that game And, and you assume that's the the type of game he's here for yeah. then yeah. I guess time is against Celtic they, 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 you know, they have to put him in this weekend yeah, don't they? Yeah, they have to put him in this weekend and then the decision to make during the week as well is, is, he, is he rusty? Is he match fit to play in the, in the midweek game? But yeah, you, you would expect him to be here for the for the big games It's not a position that I would have pointed to a few weeks ago and said oh Celtic need to sign somebody to because I'm a big Craig Gordon fan as well I think he's a, he's a terrific goalkeeper but clearly Neil Lennon wants to bring him in maybe the chance just came to get Fraser Forster as, as, as well So uh, you know For me I think you've got to play Fraser Forster If he's coming up here To be a first choice goalkeeper You can't just wait Another two or three or four weeks Because then His fitness levels are, are, are still low You know And match practice Is such an important thing Especially for a goalkeeper you've got to be sharp mentally You've got to be uh, Read the game They've got to be commanding as well And they, they need games as well So yeah I think that he will play uh, On Sunday And uh, he'll, he'll play In the first choice keeper From now on uh, The question we often hear From Craig Gordon fans Alec is what has Craig Gordon done wrong? Can you answer them? Well, last night, you know, he didn't do nothing wrong because the Celtic defence was rock solid. Uh, you know, I don't think that the AAK had one shot at goal. Uh, for me, it was probably one of our best European performances that I've seen at Celtic Park. And I was only shown Saturday. I was at the, the Celtic and Dunfermline game. And I say only show that, you know, I don't. I, I couldn't understand how we went for scoring twelve goals in the Premiership and only conceding two, and then it's as if we cut this crazy patch. And I said that I wouldn't start Julian at Ibrox after watching the boy last night, and even Bolly Bolly after watching the two of them last night, especially Julian. Everybody came in, they won it, and I think that that's all. I know we're quick to judge, but I think that that's why he needed. He needed that game under his belt. He was pinging passes about, and Bolly Bolly, I he gave a couple of boys away. The the boys keen to attack, but you know what? He did. He did. He did his defending as well. And I thought that last night was a brown result, and it sets. It, it gets the confidence, and it gets the, you know, it, it, it gets his the Hingmigan, the momentum up towards the, the old firm game because. It's next week you know I mean It's like We're playing on Sunday And then the phone Sunday It's the old firm game And that's going to go a long way I think To, to, to seeing where the championship's going to rest How important is Sunday Alec Because this is Glasgow We tend to do that We, we don't buy into this one game at a time Rubbish Everyone looks for 
the Celtic and Rangers game The Rangers and Celtic game coming up And you sometimes miss out the bit in the middle So Celtic have got hearts to take care of Definitely uh, I think that the way they played Again, Motherwell, St Johnson A.K. Athens If Celtic play the way they played last night Play the way that they're attacking that's, that's all, it's, it's just wave and wave They need to keep the momentum up And I think that again I think it's going to be a hard game for Hearts and uh, Sunday they'll probably try and contain Celtic, but you know I can see Celtic swiping uh, again. No, swiping away. We go to AK. We've got a two 0 We don't, as as the other caller says, we don't need to go gung ho. We need to start using the heat, and you know we're a step away for the, the Europa League proper. And then, like I say, we go to Ibrox. And then that's when, as Hugh Keevan says, that's when it all goes peak tongue, you know what I mean? It is Hugh Keevan's tonight anyway. He's usually with us on a Friday. I believe he's off gallivanting at a wedding, Fraser. Oh. So uh, tomorrow I'm going to quiz him on the show to see exactly whose wedding it was. We'll all figure out if it's a close enough relative to justify, justify missing the show. Going, absolutely. Um, nevertheless, delighted to have Fraser Wishart and Stephen McGinn with us tonight. Thank you to Alec and Parkhead. Uh, 12 minutes on the clock. If you're a fan of the championship, it's Morton nil, Partick Thistle nil. Uh, fairly end-to-end stuff Should Morton have had a penalty? Yes. Stephen McGinn We're St Mirren oh, captain You're no going to have to think carefully about this answer No way <laughs> Thought you might say that Fraser Stonewaller <laughs> Okay That's the real answer uh, But goalless at the moment Goalless at the moment is you see, pretty frantic uh, Plenty of energy Plenty of commitment And uh, I saw Thistle last week Play uh, play and beat Ross County So they've, they've got goals in them Decent side yeah, we thought you were heading for your your umpteenth nil nil on the show, but you got the goal fest in the end. Yeah. Where are you tomorrow? So I know I'm where to look for the nil nil. It could be nil nil. Come on, at Aberdeen. I think that'll yeah, be, that'll it's be got a, written all over it. Be a yeah, draw, absolutely. Nil uh, nil. It could be. Uh, Fraser Wishart thinks that Fraser Forster goes straight in. So does Stephen McGinn. So did Alec on the line. John Paul and Falthouse. What do you think? Evening, panel. Evening. Um. I think it doesn't go through in, um, and I'll tell you my reasons why. I thought up the snow. I, I listened to the show at the time. I thought it up um, last Monday before the college game, and I spoke about Neil Lennon not having the same back four um, for two to three games in a row. Now I was told then, or because of the injuries, etc. Against Cluj, we all know what happened against Cluj. We mucked off the pit. We may get into left back, and of see, see for me putting Fraser Force in again. That discount was that's a full back line again. You know. Um, I watched that Celtic against Dunfermline, uh, albeit Scott Women they playing. The goal went in, and I actually watched the game, and everybody was turning around. They take responsibility. Nobody wanted to take responsibility. Nobody saying, right, that was my man, nothing. Nothing like that. Celtic have known for, since last year, and maybe even the year before, that Lustig was done. We've signed that a right back to the centre half, applying his trade at right back. Um, Tierney left. We've signed, albeit, yes, Bowen Bowie, he's given him his chance. He backed him up against Motherwell, then he dropped him, and now he puts him back in. I just think, middle to front, Celtic are good going forward. I just think we're a bit dysfunctional at the back, um, and, and I understand that he's got to give a people chances, he's signed these boys, and he's got to give them chances, but I just think, putting Fraser Force in again, it just, you're just restarting again, and it's no different, we've got big games coming up. Everybody's talking about the old firm game, we've got Hearts in the mm. AIK to, to, to go first. I just yeah. think it's a wee bit misgruntled, if, if that makes sense. Uh John Paul thinks it'll rock the boat Stephen McGinn You think that Fraser Forster goes, goes straight back in How would you convince John Paul then? Because he's trying to say that you know Things would be disrupted even further if he goes in I, I just think What's the point bringing him in If, if he goes onto the bench um, 
And and with the big games coming up, if Celtic go and win three and four games, do you just keep Craig Gordon in until he makes a mistake? I mean, in my opinion, as I said, as a goalkeeper, I think you can't just bring him on as a sub and hope he does well, and then then you make the change. I think the goalkeeper either plays or he doesn't play. Yeah. I think it's a financial thing as well, Gordon. I think that the fans have got to to think about it as well. You know, Neil Lennon goes to Peter Lowell and says, "Listen, I need I need another goalie." You know, they're they're hopeful they're going to get into Europa League and have a lot of games this season. And uh, if if he says, "Right, I want Fraser Forster because he's going to be second or third choice," and <laughs> people are saying, "How much are we paying Southampton? How much are we paying of his wages?" So, from my point of view, I, I mean, I, I actually get the fact that Craig Gordon hasn't done a lot wrong. But if Neil Lennon's signing Fraser Forster, he's signing with one purpose: playing the first team. I mean, John Paul Craig Gordon's only played the last two games, so it's not like he, you're suddenly chucking out a guy that's played sixty games in a row and it, it disrupts everything. So, does that not lessen the? I totally get, I, I totally get that. Um, and I, by the way, I'm a fan of Fraser Forster. I thought he was brilliant first time around when I went to Southampton. Uh, as he got on at Southampton He actually got dropped Because he, I can actually come in watching it. He had actually two, two howlers In the one game Now I'm not saying He's not a great keeper And he's not got ability But Obviously We'll sign another goalkeeper Because Scott Bain is injured And we've not got another goalkeeper On the bench I get that I signed him I, I understand why people Want to say for him But I just think Craig Gordon's had to wait his chance He gets his chance In two games And then uh, Which he's not very happy He came out yesterday And said he's got to fight for these players And he's Meaning, meaning by that Well I'm staying in Until I've done something wrong mm. For me, that's 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 my opinion. A lot of the feedback when the team news came out last night, John Paul, was about the omission of Scott Sinclair. Uh, these things tend to get forgotten about when you win the game. There's more focus on that, and rightly so. Uh, but how do you see his part in the, in the team in, over the next coming months? Because again, not even in the squad last night. I think he's been treated very unfairly. Um, I think even though he never had his greatest season last year, but also I've I've got a lot of mates who say that Scott Sinclair had never had a great season. I'm, I actually seen somebody had more assists than certain wingers in, in the league that were talking about um, lighting up the SVL like Ryan Kent. I'm sure Scott's included more hanging I think he's been very unfairly treated. I think he's a far better player than Lewis Morgan. I think he's more experienced than Mikey Johnson and he's not getting his chance. I, I, I genuinely think he's, he's not got a future to on the winner. Okay, thank you to John Paul in Falthouse. It's 01419511025 if you'd like to get in touch on the phones. And Fraser Wishart and Stephen McGinn are sharpening their pencils for the full time teaser, which is coming next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Fraser Wishart and Stephen McGinn here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're looking ahead to a big weekend in the Scottish football calendar. It's been a big week as well. Two big European ties last night, and then we're straight back into the domestic stuff tonight in the Championship, and then tomorrow in the top flight as well. We're here on Sunday. It really is all happening. Speaking of all happening, we've got a full-time teaser all the way from Ontario, Canada. Oh, well, there we go. Mr. Worldwide, Fraser Wishart. Uh, it was actually Gordon Smith who sent... Not that one, I don't think. the other uh, Another Gordon Smith sent tonight's question in from Canada. And he says, In the last 25 FA Cup finals, 11 Scots have lost the final and also played in the top flight in Scotland at some point in their Career That makes sense I'll read it again In the last 25 FA Cup finals So we're going back to about 95 uh, There have been 11 Scots That have lost in the final And have also played In the top flight in Scotland At some point In their career Fraser Wishart's here uh, If you've never heard Steve McGinn on the show Before he fancies himself Great. As a bit of a football trivia expert So What you got for us Early on So Can they have played In the Scotland top flight Before they went to England Yeah yeah Just at some point in their career 
Nothing so far no. Oh wow Not that good then are you no. That's rubbish Fraser Wishart Anything from you uh, Darren Fletcher Nope He's never played in the top flight Up here And I don't even know If he's lost an FA Cup final either I'm so. guessing I'm guessing Okay one last time You can play along with us Remember we're on Twitter At Clyde SSB In the last 25 FA Cup finals There have been 11 Scots That have lost in the final And have also played In the top league in Scotland At some point in their career Okay Come on Stephen You've just seen my answer I'm hopeless Let's see what you're made of On Twitter At Clyde SSB Um, Big game in the English Premier League tonight We don't always talk about The English Premier League But it seems It seems appropriate When we've got the brother Of one of the English Premier League's Early success stories Fraser It would be Terrible of us To not To not mention it Terrible Are Villa finally going to get the win tonight Is John going to Get another goal Turn it around Well I hope so I think they need a result Um, It'd be nice If they can get through The first 10 minutes Without being 2-0 down um, I'm going to miss the first 10 minutes And a dash up the road So um, But yeah On a personal level John's started it really well And uh, Taken to it um, Really well And last week I said to you off air I couldn't believe he's shooting last week <laughs> Don't know what's happened to him down there Not been watching your DVD no 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 way no um, But um, As I say it, It's such a tough tough league I said to I said to Fraser as well I mean They were 2-0 down After 10 minutes And it's it's so hard to to win games at that level Never mind Giving teams A goals of a head start So it doesn't get any easier Tonight with Everton But here's hoping How does it feel To, to sit there and watch The the feedback he's getting Because fans in this country knew, knew all about it But you watch Sky Sports After the opening game When he scores against Tottenham And you've got you know, It was Jamie Redknapp And everyone's praising him Through the roof And was it Van der Vaart Standing there going And I believe he came from Hibernian For, for £2 million pounds, You know like, As if they had never heard of us Which was a, a bit condescending But nevertheless He's getting Unbelievable praise How does that feel To sit up here and watch it Yeah well We spoke about that as well About yeah. how in this country We always talk our players down And um, talk about some players Talk about John being worth More than the 3 million Hibs ended up getting We talk about Tavernier We talk about Edouard What they're worth And we always play it down And in England He played a couple of games In the Championship And half a good season They, they start talking 20-30 million yeah. So yeah. Um, But the Tottenham one That was surreal When, you, when you're watching them At that level In a stadium like that Against the Champions League runners up and, and he goes and makes it 1-0 um, a great goal as well and such finish. a well taken goal yeah it's it's a, it's a real bit yeah it's something since since we've been really young seen the potential in him and, and I always felt that if he didn't end up at that level he would have let himself down so um, as I said he's just taken to it so well and um, I think it can be a big it can be a big season for him again and talk about taking the boy out of Clyde Bank I'm sure I saw some uh, quotes attributed to him after the first game where his, uh, his big takeaway from playing at these stadiums was that they've got fancy shower gel in the, the, in, in the shower I mean come on you can, you, he's not he's, he's not going to really show his face in these parts for being impressed with the shower gel <laughs> at Tottenham Stadium is he? <laughs> if that's the only thing that impresses him at Tottenham Stadium then you start to get worried if it's one of these designer makes Fraser not like you're, no, no, you're, you're a man around. of the people you, you'll be more of a even more of a imperial I'm, I'm leather, imperial man. leather yeah, man. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. I thought so. And I don't need much shampoo these days, so it doesn't count. Need less and less. Yeah. Uh, we've got a goal in the big championship game. It's Morton nil, Partick Thistle one, and it's the scorer of many goals. It's that veteran Kenny Miller. It actually comes from a Morton uh, goal kick, a booming header all the way back from Partick Thistle's central defence. Kenny Miller straight onto it, and he tucks it below Danny Rogers into the back of the net. Is that? Um, Good play from Kenny Miller Is it terrible defending from Morton? Is it a bit of both? It's terrible defending by Morton But, but good run by Kenny I think the Lewis Mansell was in the middle Centre forward He was off but he was coming back out 
and they've squeezed the game so high. I mean, you've not got possession of the ball, you can't squeeze the game so high. Almost a halfway line. Morton back four and a bit clever run by Kenny, so you have to give him credit and a cool finish with his left foot. He had an almost identical chance to learn the game when he, when he put it into the stand, so he's not missing it if you give him that opportunity twice. Is that the, 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 the blueprint for Gary Caldwell where he's had Scott McDonald score the goals that helped keep them up last season? He's gone for another experienced man up there. He hit, you know, he had Chris Doolan previously, who's been moved on, and the fans had mixed feelings about that because he was he's a bit of a legend in those parts. But you can see what Kenny Miller brings you. It's amazing. I mean, he's, I think he's forty in December, so he's not far off forty. I was speaking to him last week. I mean, he's not quite Danny Lennon, but he's he's forty. Yeah, <laughs> he'll still be playing. He's fifty, I think, at this level. But I spoke to him after the game, and he was he was uh, last week. He was said he was feeling great, really enjoying it. And I think just relax and enjoying his, his, his football. And if you've got somebody who can still cut it at that age, I know we all want to see young players coming through and uh, you know youth systems, etc., etc. But sometimes in your squad, you need you need a balance. You need somebody like that. And Kenny is a is a, is a great pro. People have always said that about him, whether you like him or you don't like him. He's a terrific pro, and uh, he was brilliant last week against Ross County, man of the match. So yeah, he's, he's still got it. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. That's the number you need to get in touch tonight. John is in the East End. Hi, John. Hi Gordon, hi uh, Stephen, hi Fraser okay. um, Fraser, sorry, Fraser, sorry. Um, I'm not actually in East End of Glasgow I'm currently in Elgin Oh sorry, but anyway, close um, that's, uh, um, My point is there's been loads of, I'm a Celtic fan There's been loads of, sort of issues recently With regards to keeping Julian and Bolly on the bench And £10 million wasted Just sitting there What's the story with Shred? He comes off the bench and a European tie scores a cracking goal. Never even seen him again. Well, Neil Lennon was I'll, I'll answer the question, John uh, Neil Lennon was asked about it last night He said something along the lines of That he needs to Sort of Im- Im- improve his, his tempo I think was the word he mentions The fact that he's A young guy I think he's 21 Doesn't speak a great deal of English Still settling in Needs to Sort of up his Up his intensity Up his tempo That was That was the gist of it Even Dale as well He comes on it What, for two minutes? What? What, is, what sort of impact can you make in any kind of game coming on for that length of time? I understand if you're bringing on substitutes like that to waste time, but, I mean, we're looking for another goal. I, I don't know, is Griffiths injured? Or, I, don't, I really don't know why they brought on Bale, because to me it was a waste, a waste of time. Well, I mean, Fraser... Celtic ultimately won the game and, and won yeah. it quite comfortably so Neil Lennon will, will feel vindicated in whatever it is he did but look, fans are always going to look at who's missing and, and why they're missing and who might be involved in the future Yeah, and I, I don't know why he would bring on Bale right at the end he's, he's certainly been been, been injured but um, yeah, I mean listen, fans will always have their favourites and they'll always want to change the team, the team around but I don't think you can criticise Neil Lennon at all he, he took a lot of criticism for, for, the, for the Clues defeat and stuff he didn't oh, like you know. criticism not by any stretch. I just, I just, it's just confusing. Okay, you've, under, you've answered why Schmed mm-hmm. is in the plane, but Bio just doesn't seem to get a chance, or whether he's no training. Obviously, we don't know these things. Watching him day in, day you're not going to play him, John, ahead of Edwards and Griffiths at the moment, and he, he's a terrible oh, time injuries. So is that balance? Yeah. And then, and then, John, the problem comes as well, doesn't it? Where Dunfermline at home in the Betfred Cup might be the type of fixture that you can try these things, but all of a sudden you lose to Cluj a couple of nights before. Everyone is waiting to pounce on the next mistake, so you have to go with a, 
a strong team and you can't give guys like that a chance. Yeah, I know, I know. Maybe I'm just nitpicking here. I don't know. That's all right. That's what we're I here just, for. I, I just, I just, I just. Uh, okay, you've answered my question as far as the spread. Fed, yeah, but. Um, no, but I mean, I mean, John, John's right, Stephen, in the sense that he did come on, scored that terrific goal in Europe. So maybe people were, well, quite rightly, were thinking at that time, okay, this is him starting to arrive. He was out on loan at the end of last season. But I guess moving to a new country, it does take a bit of adapting on the pitch and off it as well. You'll have seen that many times. Yeah, especially from um, Eastern Europe, sometimes it can take a bit of adapting. But um, yeah, it puzzles puzzles me as well, especially when you would say Celtic haven't really got. A holder of that left wing position Especially with whatever's going on with Scott Sinclair And to not see him on the bench at times y- You do wonder Maybe is he not training well Is he not adapting um, Are they were trying to take him out the firing line Until he's ready to, to be a player for Celtic The, the bio one is probably a, a, a big talking point Fraser because he, he was here last season And that, that sometimes is the idea If you can get someone in in January You give them to the end of the season to bed in And then you start to see the best of them in the following campaign But it's almost like We've still not really seen them Granted there have been injuries um, But I think a lot of people Would have expected to see A bit more of them By now Yeah I, th- I think it's all been down to injuries I mean he was injured Very quickly after coming In, in January And it was, I think it was a hamstring injury And he's picked up another hamstring injury In pre-season as well So so that always sets you back as well But the, the, it is the balance When you're only putting one striker nowadays If you're third choice striker You're not going to get many chances And you, you, there's not been many occasions Where They've, they've wanted to leave Edward out And when they do Griffiths has been playing So it's, it's always a difficult one When you, when you are a striker Stephen's talking earlier About Fraser Forster In the goalkeeping position But being a striker nowadays is, is very similar When you're only putting One guy up front And if that's the only position You can play You can't come in off the wide areas Or drop into midfield a wee bit There's going to be a few A few and far chances uh, For for free to actually impress And the longer you're out of the team The harder it is When you do get a chance as well So I, I don't think There's any criticism About Bayo not getting a game He's been, he's been injured most of the time Wells John was in full flow You missed another goal at Capolo And again and it was for the visitors Mortonel Partick Thistle 2 uh, Rafa De Vita With the goal Stephen just talk us through it yeah, An absolutely brilliant finish And um, Someone that Dave Hopkins Will know very well From his Livingston days And um, From speaking to people Who've played with him all, all the time He's pure technique And that's That's what the goal was It was a brilliant finish uh, And all of a sudden Morton will be A bit concerned At the way they're yeah. defending Fraser it, it looks like I mean as they go on the attack Right now And probably ram these words Down my throat um, it looks like they could be in the end of a sore one if they don't tighten up a little bit. Yeah, and Aidan, Aidan Nisbet made a good run down this inside right channel and behind the, the back four of party. This one, who was it that chased them back? We're just talking about Kenny Miller. You know, there, there's, there's what Kenny Miller can bring to your team. If, if, t- if you've got players like that with a great attitude and he's exemplary and good professionals and great work rate, then it rubs off on everybody else. And Thistle are actually looking very, very sharp and Morton a wee bit shell shocked. Okay, let's check in on the full time teaser sent in tonight by Gordon in Canada. He sent it to fulltime at Clyde1.com So if you've got any questions Or even any ideas for a question And you'd like to hear it on the show That's the address you need Fulltime at Clyde1.com In the last 25 FA Cup finals 11 Scots have lost in the final And have also played in our top flight At some point in their career You've got a grand total of zero so far Stephen McGinn a few out I didn't know they had to be Scots Oh my goodness <laughs> We're both listening to the question today 11 Scots have you got any? Aye, foreign ones Well, not any Scots? Foreign ones that have played in the top flight in Scotland, yeah But, uh, no, not yet Oh my goodness, this could be a this could be a new low We've never gone into the first break with no correct Dave, answers, I don't think Davy Weir No <laughs> I'm just kidding Gary Naismith No 
Christian Daly? Yes He came on for West Ham in 2006 And he lost the final And of course played up here as well You've been talking about Stephen McGinn's knowledge all I know. day I've really, I've really oversold it Because last the last time he was on And the time before that He cleaned up on the teaser And he's having a nightmare I'm struggling as well That's a difficult one Right, I'll give you some thinking time that seem fair? Yeah We'll get the answers need it. I hope Next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors They play to win Every time Talk to Thompson's.com Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard I'm joined by Fraser Wishart And Stephen McGinn And they've been hopeless On the full-time teaser so far So let's see if the couple of minutes break Has done them any good Gordon sent the question from Canada tonight Can you name 11 Scots who've lost an FA Cup final since 1995 And have also played in their top flight at some point in their career Guys like Christian Daly It's the only one you had going into the break What have you got now? Alan Hutton For Tottenham Try the other one The other club You might have a brother who plays there now Yes Um, Duncan Ferguson Yes, can you remember who for? Newcastle It was for Newcastle yeah. The treble winning Man United team beat them, didn't they? 99 Gavin Ray Yes, for Cardiff, 2008 And Stephen Thompson Yes Was there anyone else in that team? Yes, Kevin McNaughton See, now you've got some time to think You're flying Hutton, McNaughton, Ray, Thompson, Daly, Ferguson One, two, three, four, five to go That's better Five to go That's, That's better uh, Laurie's in Denison He's on the line Hi Laurie Hey panel, good evening Hi Laurie, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing fine guys Uh, Guys, uh, two observations I would like to make And then, uh, if possible, I'd like to ask Fraser a question Uh, Two observations are that uh, I think that a lot of the criticism levelled at Celtic and Neil Lennon Thus far early in the the campaign has been unfair Uh, People have got to remember that Before Neil Lennon took over, our recognised back four Lustig, Benkovic, Bayata, and Tierney. They've all uh, departed for pastures new. The only survivors from back four players last season are Ayer and Simunovic. Others have been brought in. And the point, obviously, is it's going to take time for these guys to develop a chemistry uh, and uh, an understanding with each other. My second point is that Celtic have signed Fraser Forster, of course. Uh, that tells me more than anything that Neil Lennon, and obviously he's going to uh, introduce his own stamp as to how he likes the game being played. Brendan Rodgers differed, and that everything was played out, played patiently from the back forward. Fraser Foster is an imposing figure, but without being unkind or unfair to him, I think it would be fair to say he's perhaps not the most comfortable a keepers with a ball at his feet. So I think you'll find that reinforces my belief that uh, Neil Lennon will use Fraser Forster to get the ball up, upfield, route one. Uh, Celtic play, I think, probably in a more entertaining fashion now than what they did under Brendan Rodgers, although you couldn't argue with the effectiveness with Brendan Rodgers' results. But sometimes it was a wee bit kind of tedious. Uh, under Neil Lennon, has uh, played at much quicker pace, maybe more entertaining uh, for the fans to watch. Those are my two observations. Then, if time permits, I would like to ask, finally, a, a Fraser a question. What do you make of the tactical point there then, Stephen? I, I mean, can, can we ever envisage Celtic 
um, Laurie calls it route one I'm not sure they're ever just going to keep Booting the ball long constantly But but is Fraser Forster a sign That it maybe won't be as Intricate from the back? Um, no I don't think Celtic will ever play that way But I don't think Fraser Foster's been signed for anything else Other than to keep the ball out of the net I think that's what he The big success in his um, first spell at Celtic Was how good he was at shot stopping And uh, what a big presence he was for the back And I think that's all Neil Lennon will be thinking about with that one Even in, in your career You're by no means an old man Have you seen a complete change in the way we Analyse goalkeepers and, and things that we expect them to do At all levels? Yeah 100% The, the full... The full kind of goalkeeping training now is uh, completely different to anything. I mean, f- for those I don't know, and it was at the start of my career where you would only see the goalies for the games. Now at times they take part in the take possession part, yeah. drills and yeah. um, they come in the, the boxes, the rondos as they're called uh, famously. The content. Pep. Yeah, <laughs> they'll come in and do that. And um, we, we've got one now, Vaclav Fladke. I mean, he almost changed our full style last year because he's so good with his feet and he's so good on the ball. That both feet as well, isn't it? Both feet. Both feet. At, at times, almost he forced us to play, and at, and at times, probably in the second leg for the playoff final, there was one and second leg extra time, and you're thinking, please, <laughs> please get that out of this or half. <laughs> and he whips one round the corner and runs at his goal to go and get the the return pass. And and culturally, um, that's the way he's been brought up. But we're maybe not so much used to it. But he's he's so good with his feet. He's totally changed the way we play. Uh, what's your question for Fraser Laurie? My question, Fraser, is uh, first and foremost, how are you, Fraser? Very well, yourself, Laurie. Lovely to hear from you. Hey, likewise, Fraser. Fraser, here's my question, and I'm not politicising uh, the programme tonight. I I wouldn't do that. But Brexit is looming uh, large on the calendar. And wow, there's a word I've not heard on this show before, Laurie. <laughs> well, if uh, God enough, Go for uh, Britain, if Britain does depart the EU on the 31st of October, my question specifically of Fraser is. What restrictions or implications will that have for Scottish clubs wishing to sign players from the EU? It's a great question, Laurie. I mean, and it's an important point. I think that's 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 missed. And the truth of it is, nobody really knows at the moment. But it won't be the same. You know, people always say, "Oh, it'll still be the same." But at the moment, if you if you come from outside the EU, you, you go to a work permit panel. Yeah, they qualify automatically, or to go to the work permit panel. And, and and it'll be something along those lines and it won't be as easy as just signing anybody you want from, from, from Europe and I, and I think that'll be sad because we've had so many players come to this country and gifted players and great guys who've settled here and brought so much to, to, to our game but it will not be the same and it won't be as easy, Laurie but the, the truth of the matter is nobody knows and, and I'm quite often involved in, in talks with UK Parliament and Home Office etc but nobody knows yet but... It's a good question and uh, and it will have an effect on, on players which makes youth development even more important for, for us to bring through our own players. I reckon this will be my 550th or thereabouts show and I have never heard the B word mentioned. So Laurie, I thank you for keeping it fresh. <laughs> and it's a good question, Laurie. Take care, Laurie. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Good night. That was Laurie and Dennison. We curve ball for you. That was a good one. I like that. I like yeah. that one. That's my day job. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, right, any more on the teaser? Neil Alexander Nope Paul Telfer Wow That's one of the tough ones I thought you, I thought You would be here All night on that one Where was Paul playing? Southampton, Southampton. Aye. Well done Paul see, Telfer's a great shirt And see the goalie From that game Because he's no finish And he played in <laughs> No chance No <laughs> chance <laughs> Don't even go there Alan McGregor Yes for Hull in 2014 yeah. um, Three to go This might be a ridiculous one But Derek White 
It's ridiculous in that it's wrong. So it was Middlesbrough <laughs> lost in the nineties. I wasn't sure what Derek was playing. Yeah, that's not one I'm afraid. Um, what James MacArthur? Yes. Think did I tell you no to him at one of the breaks? Know, yeah. yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just realised that when Fraser said it uh, because it was Crystal Palace. Palace we were thinking Wigan, and he won it, but yeah, 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 he lost it with Palace. Right, only two to get. They're both from the nineties, so we steer in the right direction. Uh, let's look at some more of this weekend's fixtures. There's a Lanarkshire derby between Hamilton and Motherwell. Uh, Stephen Robinson has personnel concerns, a sickness bug in the camp. You have to point out where people have made mistakes, and it was simple things that we got punished for. You know, let, let's be honest, we had lost like, one game of football. You know, up until the Hearts game, everyone had been singing our praises, how well we'd done, even against Celtic. Um, so it's one game, we have to put that into perspective. Very young squad of players that are going to learn. And, and players respond to encouragement, they respond to people being positive, not being negative. You know, yes, they, they had their... I talked to them after the game, we talked to them Saturday morning, we showed them things they can be better at and from then it's been constant encouragement, constant positivity around the place and you know that's shown in the training performances this week. We've got a bit of an illness going, going through the, the club at the moment so we've we've had players missing training and, and players that have, have had a bit of a bug, um, sickness bug so it'll be a case of um, who hasn't got it on the on Saturday. Football's got a funny way of biting you in the backside with these things. Everyone will take Hamilton to win, Motherwell will come out Full strength team and, and win three 0 because of the sickness bug. So the sickness bug at all. you never know how much you can read into it. How on earth do you predict the Lanarkshire Derby Fraser when Motherwell have been hot and cold within individual games yeah, yeah. and for years now you've never known from week to week what you're going to get from Hamilton Ackies. Absolutely, and, and Hamilton have, have just confounded everybody over the, over the years and uh, even this season. I think they lost heavily at Ross County and then they beat Kilmarnock in the cup and it's just. Ups and downs, and I think that's why why they, they end up in the sort of bottom half of the table. Because if they had that consistency, obviously they would be near the the top of the table. But I, I do fancy Mother to win it. I think Mother are still just struggling to find them. Maybe maybe they're kind of just a bit of confidence about that correct system. But uh, I saw them during the, the the league cup ties against Morton, and they were very good. You know, so I, I think they'll have enough to to beat Hamilton tomorrow. Stephen, is it too early to be thinking of? Teams who may be around you come the end of the season and hoping that they just draw every game, or is is that what you do? You're not, you're not sitting near the top of the table. <laughs> That's what I mean. Exactly. Fifth wheel in the European. <laughs> no, um, yeah, you have a rough idea who who's going to be in and around you, and um, like Livingston a week on Saturday. That, that that's a big game for us. Um, we know that's much more of a six pointer for us than Rangers would be, but there's always the the surprise. I mean. Uh, who would have predicted where Kilmarnock are at the minute? And they've got a terrible record against Aberdeen under uh, Steve Clark. Can, S- can St Mirren be the positive surprise then this season? No, well, we're, listen, we're sitting in the same points as we were last year after two games. Um, but we know within the place, the fans know, everyone knows we're in a much better place. Um, it's an incredibly tough league to, to win games and to put a string of results together. Um, but... We're delighted with the start Mainly for the performances Just as much as the, the results Okay let's round off the teaser Because we are fast approaching full time in the studio In the last 25 FA Cup finals 11 Scots have lost the final And also played in our top flight At some point in their career You've got James MacArthur Alan Hutton Alan McGregor Kevin McNaughton Gavin Ray Stephen Thompson Christian Daly Paul Telfer Duncan Ferguson Two to go Gary McAllister No Steve Nicholl no Brian McClure Yes In 1995 He's the The furthest back Man United Played up here Celtic and Motherwell Of course Any more One well, One more you need to get And 
it's between this one and Paul Telfer as the, the hardest one, I think. As you can tell, because you haven't got it yet. Try to think back to the 90s. Who played? Who lost? Okay, late 90s. And you've already mentioned the game. You've mentioned one of his teammates. Duncan Ferguson, Newcastle? Yes. I don't mind telling you that because oh, we're. It's a Scott that played for Newcastle that team. Kevin Gallagher. No. What have I named the Scottish teams he played for? Yes. Aberdeen, Hibs, Dunfermline. In the 90, uh, by the time he was at Hibs, it was the early 2000s. Stephen Glass. Yes, oh, Stephen Glass. Great show. Stephen McGinn, well done. And that's it. You've done it. Right in the nick of time. Thank you to St Mirren captain Stephen McGinn for joining us tonight alongside Fraser Wishart. We are back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Busy Saturday. Make sure you join us. And we're on Sunday as well. The Europa League schedules cause havoc in here, Fraser Wishart. Over time for you, we're back. Over time for you. We're back on Sunday as well. Stay where you are, though. Get your weekend started. Next up, GBX Fridays.